Hey, Mystery Solvers, we have some great mysteries to talk about today. But first, we want to introduce you to another awesome podcast. Have you ever been watching a horror film and thought, holy shit, that's a fucking terrible way to die? Well, we do that too. Join Grave Girls podcast every Monday on SoundCloud and iTunes, where we discuss a different horror film, tell you a scary story, share survival tips on how not to fucking die, and address a murder. Check us out on grave-girls.com or on Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr. We love you all in case we die. Bye! Hello and welcome. This is Perhaps It's You, an unofficial Unsolved Mysteries rewatch podcast starring... Liz and Samantha. And Robbie Stacky, who's just over Liz's shoulder right now. A little bit creepily. A little bit. We're coming at you from the Witch District in South Minneapolis. We're here to talk about maybe your favorite show, maybe a show you've never watched ever and you're never going to. Either way, we welcome you, five listeners. It's Unsolved Mysteries time. Yeah, uh, we're back after a short hiatus. It is now full-on summer. It is extremely warm in Minnesota. I don't, we got no spring. Really? We, we got, got like a week of spring. There was a week of spring. It was, it was nice. There was lilacs. It smelled lovely. It and was now a nice medium temperature, I would say. Yeah. Very comfortable. That is over. No, it's like a... <laughs> today is going to be 96 degrees. I don't even know what the humidity is at, but it's up there. Yeah. It's steamy. If you live in, oh, I don't know, New Mexico, I'm so jealous of you. Your dry heat. Oh, God. It's so hot right now. It's very like swampy yes this podcast so, is really like you know all how, seasons just us complaining yeah, about the you know weather how we spent all winter complaining about the snow now well, <laughs> prepare yourself because now we're gonna spend all summer complaining about the heat and it, that's just midwest life it really is so and if then you're not complaining about the weather you're complaining about the road construction yeah so here we know. are that's, i don't know to tell you about that's it that's part of the local flavor that we sprinkle into this podcast it's just the way that it is yesterday i saw a guy trying to make conversation with like an eight-year-old and he was like how do you feel about the summer heat keep this in mind next time you're cold in the winter and the kid said what i would have wanted to say which was kill me <laughs> <laughs> Because there was, you know, no censor on that, and that was the appropriate response. That's how a lot of us feel right now. Just I, kill, I just try me. and remind myself that a couple weeks ago we had a blizzard, but it's 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 impossible to comprehend right now because it, yeah, it's going to be ninety six degrees. Yeah. So here we are. Uh, we have some exciting updates. Oh my god, for you we guys. got so many updates. First of all, I want to thank Liz, not the Liz who's sitting across from me. But Why li- you're welcome. But listener Liz started a podcast group for us on Facebook. This is something we've talked about before, but neither one of us, meaning Liz and I, hosts of this podcast, have taken the initiative to start a group on Facebook. We have a Facebook page, but it's hard to interact with with people through there the algorithms mess things up and you You end up not seeing our shit at all so you can go join this uh, facebook group that liz created thank you listener liz it's gonna get confusing yeah listener liz and host liz not not the same people listener liz took the initiative reached out to us asked if there was a uh, facebook group and we were like no please make it and she did. So thank you. Yeah. It's the Perhaps It's You uh, official Unsolved Mysteries podcast group, I believe. Unofficial. 
Unsolved oh. Mysteries right. podcast group. Because this the- is definitely not official. So that was a weird <laughs> Freudian slip. The uh, well, it's it's the way it's phrased. You could take it two ways. It's very interesting. I was just thinking about this when I joined the group because it's an unofficial Unsolved Mysteries podcast, but it's the oh, official yes. Unsolved Mysteries unofficial podcast group. What a mindfuck! It, it's a bit of a mindfuck. I kind of like it. Uh, so the Facebook group is official, but our podcast is very unofficial. Oh, it's so, so unofficial. Anyway, it's the only do Facebook. Not, do not sue us. You're not going to get confused. It's the only group on Facebook. Yeah. Or perhaps we're not, we're it's not you. that popular. So. so go join it and interact. We're going to hopefully use this group to get some more feedback from you guys and interact Share with you. the hot Robbie Stacky gossip. Oh, yeah. It'll be a way to connect with the other four listeners. Yes. And also, you can post stuff without it notifying all of your Facebook friends. Yes, it's a closed group. So, so that's always nice if you sort of feel like you're being a weirdo. You can keep it to people who understand and not your great aunt Dorcas, who's going to be like, what now? Satanism? I don't like this. Right? <laughs> exactly. So. Uh, we are going to be, so you're listening to this episode on Wednesday. I think probably Fridays seem to be the days that we release our, well, maybe it won't be Friday because it won't be, that'll be June 1st. So maybe Thursday. Yeah, let's do Thursday. Um, our Patreon episode will go live for I'm May. I'm so excited about Liz it. Liz is hyped to talk Moth about Mothman. Mothman. If you are on our social media, you've seen it. Uh, spoiler alert. I believe in Mothman now, I think. This is a weird... Maybe I do. This is a weird place to be. I don't know. I watched one documentary about Mothman, and now I'm like, oh, holy fuck, he's real. (laughs) I'm pretty convinced, but we're going to save that for the Patreon episode. You got to give us... Look, you got to give us a dollar. One dollar will get you that episode. And (laughs) our backlog... This is, what, the fifth Patreon episode yes. we've done? We've done Deadly Women. We've done uh, Alien Autopsy. We've done, um, I don't even remember. S- sightings, the ghost report. Yes, we did a great one about ghosts. It's been good. And next month, are we doing El Chupacabra? I don't know that we have a thing picked. If we can find a special, we could do El yeah. Chupacabra. I feel like we talked about doing the Chupacabra. We also talked about doing Bigfoot. If you guys have a, a request... We will take your request uh, for something you might want to hear about yeah. in our Patreon episode. Something that's Unsolved Mysteries adjacent, mm-hmm. because the Unsolved Mysteries episodes are always free. Yes. Do we have any other updates? Yes. Oh, we got a big one. We got a big update. So, this happened while we were on our brief hiatus and made me so happy. This was well-timed. So satisfying. I Can the show take any credit? No, but it does work out well for us. So if you recall, we recently talked about a very tragic, horrible murder where Samantha got distracted by a reenactor's booty. It was a fine booty. People on Instagram, when I shared that photo, were like, oh, I see it now. I had no idea how much Samantha liked a a booty in, like, Bruce Springsteen jeans. (laughs) Yes. Yes, it's a Bruce Springsteen Jean clad booty. Look, it's a good booty. This podcast is a learning experience for all of us. I get to learn more about Samantha. Samantha gets to learn more about me. Here, here we, we are. You all get to learn more it. about us. Yeah, it's just a it's a process. So anyway, well, I I just figure that's the the key thing that's going to remind people of the case. The we're case talking about, which was a horrible double murder yes, of a young couple, a terrifying double murder that made me say, "If you live in Canada, never ever come here," yeah. because it was the case in 1987 of Jay Cook and Tom. Tanya Van Kloenborg? 
Sure. So they, Jay was 20. Tanya was 18. They were a couple from Canada. They were going on like a little romantic trip to Washington State. And they got to this country and were immediately brutally murdered. Yeah. And it's just fucking awful. And that's why we keep talking about this reenactors plot because we can't <laughs> the only bright can't moment handle in that, how fucking awful in this case is it's just so they were so young and in love and just never i don't know everything yeah. about it's terrible i don't have to explain why that's terrible it's obviously terrible but there's a slight good thing oh so because... the development is that using the same technique used to find the golden state killer which we already talked about being very excited about familial it. dna they matching. have arrested a suspect in that case who is William Earl Talbot II. He's 55. He's in Washington. He was a truck driver. They used familial DNA to narrow it down to him. His DNA is a match. I mean, at this point, I guess he's still a suspect. He hasn't been convicted, but that is pretty compelling compelling evidence. They arrested him, right? Yeah, they arrested him. They don't know much more than that. They don't know how he came in contact with Jan Tanya, but he would have been in that area... The fact that he's a truck driver is a little concerning. Like, maybe he's... There's more victims out yeah, there. Yeah, I don't know. But that's I would have to think... I mean, this is pure speculation, but attacking a young couple is so bold that it yeah. makes me think that there are... Well, he was... Per- murders in his past that maybe people who are a little more vulnerable that wouldn't be as... That are easier to take advantage of sure. and maybe won't be as missed. And, sure. I mean... Does, don't you think? Like, Oh, I'm, he was clearly well prepared for this murder. He used zip ties. He... Yeah, it just seems like it couldn't be his first time. No, because, yeah, to attack two people and... Like, two young... A young couple. Their bodies like, weren't even in the same place. It, it's a complicated crime. Yeah. And really, so little evidence was left except for... And he wore um, latex gloves, but some of his DNA was recovered from one of those gloves i believe okay um maybe i'm wrong about that but well, i know she was sexually assaulted i don't right. know if that's how they got the dna yeah. but um so he was well prepared yeah and it would be pretty surprising if this was his only crime but he has been connected to this crime they've arrested him his bail has been set at two million dollars he entered a not guilty plea um, I'm hoping that will bring some relief to the families. I was very happy to get this news because it had been so long that you think there's no way there's going to be a break in this case. No. Well, and it's really exciting, I think. I think we're living in an exciting time with this familial DNA solving these cold cases. It seems like the Golden State Killer case has also sort of re- Maybe that's not the right word, reinvigorated. But it's created an interest in solving cold cases that maybe wasn't there before. Right, because a lot of these cold cases, I feel like, are hopeless. Or they felt hopeless. Like, yeah. how are we ever going to catch this person? So if the state can put more more money towards resources for solving cold cases, I that's what money well spent to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you need sort of that public interest to get that money flowing in that direction. Right, to justify spending that money on it. Right. Um, Something that I... So there's been a lot more attention lately to uh, the backlog of untested rape kits, Mm -hmm. which is something we've also talked about on Duluth, Minnesota just cleared their backlog. Yes. Which is amazing. Great for them. 
Um, you would think that would just be standard, but yeah, you wouldn't think we'd need to congratulate anyone on this. But <laughs> Way to do here we job. are. Yeah, here we are. Um, but part of the problem that I was reading about with the untested rape kits is that they're not tested for so long, right? The yep. statute of limitations passes, then they just get rid of them, right? So they're not even in the system to connect to cold cases and find patterns and stuff like that, which is distressing. I know. It's horrible. And then when you talk about resources, okay, so you test the rape kits, but if you, you know, you still have to do investigation. Like there's a whole bunch of investigative work that has to go on. Like it's not just testing the rape kits. It's then following up and pursuing an investigation. You know, it's not like you test the rape kit and then all of a sudden the the rape is solved. So... It's really a matter of people seeing value in pursuing cold cases. And I think you're right. I think we're getting there. Uh, Yeah, I hope so. Because I think there are probably a lot of cases that are connected that nobody has... Connected to the dots. Right. Right. Exactly. I was watching part of a special on Headline News about the Golden State Killer, which they had clearly recorded before he was caught. And then were like, oh people will be like even more interested in this now so they sort of just like at the end of each segment slapped on a thing like a guy's been arrested but it was like but the whole thing was like oh we'll probably never know who he was by the way we arrested somebody (laughs) but the only reason i'm bringing this up is because before he was the golden state killer he was the east area rapist he was breaking into people's homes and committing violent sexual assaults and they talked to one of those survivors from his rapist era yeah. <laughs> um who was 12 at the time and i oh my god i don't remember her name but this woman is my new hero because when she's talking to the documentary she was like i had read about the cases in the newspaper when he like broke in i was like oh this has got to be him and he hadn't killed anyone yet so i thought i could really push the envelope and also being 12 right like think of yourself as 12 if you're anything like me you were a sassy motherfucker right <laughs> so he's like do you want you know, like do this or I'm gonna kill your mom? And she's like, I don't care. <laughs> oh my like, god! Yeah, yeah. Because she was like, I wasn't gonna give him anything more than I had to. Right? Like, I fucking love. I, her. I'm not gonna give him the satisfaction of me saying what he wants me to say. Which I'm not giving this as advice. No, I think. Oh no! Do not do that. I only. But think, that's amazing. I only think this makes sense to a 12 year old. Right. That he was like, so I do this or I'm gonna kill you. And she was like. whatever like oh my god she was just being so sassy and at one point he like made her touch his penis and was like do you know what this is and she just went no (laughs) she could probably hardly see it yeah Uh, and she was like he was so mad (laughs) but i just like wouldn't give him the satisfaction of fucking amazing he still did violently assault her so it's not i'm not giving that as advice it's not a happy story at all it's not but i was just like some serious i was like you are amazing just be like i don't care kill me whatever oh is that a penis oh i don't know i don't know i'm 12 i don't know what that is oh that's not i thought that was your pinky finger oh i'm sorry (laughs) oh okay so if you see that special on headline news i didn't get to watch all of it sadly but it does have some interesting stuff it's just like hilariously like already dated because (laughs) we do we do probably know who that is right so that's amazing. I'm so happy that this case was solved. And it was crazy that it was solved right we after really we covered it. We just talked about it. And so, you know, some people sent me some messages. Thank you. I was like out at a bar, like looking at my, like, oh my God, they caught, they arrested someone in that case. Like I was so relieved. That's amazing. It was great news. Yeah, it's very good news. And 
I, I realize some people are suspect of DNA evidence, but I feel like if you really have a complete DNA match, like that's the most. Yeah. I mean, how that much better could we get? That's that's solid proof, yeah. right? I believe so. So, yeah, amazing. And um, I'm pretty sure it's him, and I hope he rots in jail forever. Yep, same. All right. Do you have anything else? I don't think so. Oh, though, this is not even really an update at all, but there is a company in the UK that makes glitter coffins, and I want one. Oh, my God, yes. You guys, follow us on social media, because we find, (laughs) we, Liz finds some crazy shit. And those glitter coffins, like, they're beautiful. I told Liz she should get one and just use it as a bed until she's until she dies. The thing is, it seems like a shame. Like I really want one. Like str- I was but like, a shame to like just bury. It's your a shame dead body to bury it. it though. Yeah. So that's why you should get it take now. Take a look. I can post the link to it again. Take a look and see what color you want. I see an empty spot in this room right now where you could <laughs> lean it against the wall. I was like, it's Matt, perfect. I need one for parties and and <laughs> I don't know what. I just want one. It's so cool. It. Pink seemed like the obvious choice for yes. me, but I really like the lilac. They're they're all really nice. They they come in a variety of beautiful shiny colors. Sadly, I would have to get a coffin shipped here from the United Kingdom. Yeah, that's... I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Pretty soon we'll be rolling in the podcast. We yeah, can maybe invest I can ex- in. I can plan the the glamorous luxury funeral of my dreams. Like, exactly. people were responding to me on Twitter, like, oh, I would get this color, and I'd be like, oh, what would you be buried wearing to match it? Like, to me, this is, like, adorable. I just, I like to plan a party. <laughs> Include, and then, what's a more goth, beautiful party than the funeral that exists in my mind? That yeah. no one's actually sad and cry, right? Like, it's just the, like, what would you want your gravestone to say? <laughs> exactly. So fun. I love it. Okay, let's actually talk about Unsolved Mysteries. Okay. So you've got the first one. This is a... Uh, We're on season two, episode eight, if you're following along Last on Prime. Last episode was great. Yeah. We, we oh, both really so liked good. it. Um, unlike the rest of the episodes so far in this season, and uh, I'm sorry to say, but... This is not the greatest. This is not... This is also not great. So uh, Am I just saying that because I start off with a sports mystery? No, because we also have one of the saddest mysteries ever. Yeah. And you get an update from the, like, Ugh. orphaned children. You get the Locust Grove update, which was the six children that were taken away from their abusive father and didn't see each other again until adulthood and Unsolved Mysteries reunited two of them. Um, it's very sad. And that leads into another horrible child abuse <sighs> mystery, which we'll get to, but it's, it's not... The world is a pretty terrible place. We're going to do our it's best here. It's not all glitter coffins unfortunately. And Bruce Springsteen jean butts. I wish. I mean. But it was. You have the first, first one and it's case. Uh, about sports. Yeah, I'm really not qualified to talk about this. It, <laughs> yeah, neither am I. So not only do I know go. nothing about sports, this is about boxing. Yeah, it was just, so I actually rewatched this segment this morning. So I watched this episode on Wednesday, I think. And this morning I was like, fuck, I'm not going to know what to say. I'm fortunately Liz has this mystery, so I don't have to contribute that much, but I rewatched it. And I was like, if there was a sport I knew the least about it's boxing, it's boxing. Yeah. So and that we're talking about low bars here. <laughs> I know almost nothing about any yeah, sport. I don't understand the rules of football and I never will. Uh, people are often shocked to find out that both my brother and my dad watch a lot of sports and actually care about sports 
And the sports was always on in my home growing up. Sports radio was always on. My family is a big football fan. None family. of that information mm-hmm. absorbed because they just don't care. No. I, I realize there's stuff I care about that no one else cares about. And that's just the way that it goes. Every so often, some dude is like, you don't understand football. Let me teach you. Oh, obviously. And then you punch him in the nose. Obviously, a third down means. Bo- and none of that. Don't bother. None of that information is getting into my brain. No, and I don't. And it does. I don't care. I also don't let it into my brain because why would I waste space in my brain with that? I'm not no. going to watch football. I, need I don't to know. support the NFL. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's, so there's never been a better time to not care about football, right? So the NFL what's is the a point? trash heap. I want yeah. nothing to do with them. Um, now I'm. Sorry. I get tricked into I'm watching sh- the Super Bowl every year because they keep bringing Beyonce back. <laughs> but that's it. That's it. Otherwise, I don't watch. Uh, <laughs> so funny. Um, oh, so yeah, I've I've ha- despite paying no attention, I've ha- have had exposure to sports. My my dad would you know watch darts if it's on TV. He would watch bowling. He would watch literally any sport. Not boxing. <laughs> <laughs> so here we go. On that here note, we go. this is the case of Sonny Liston. His real name was Charles L. Liston. He was from Las Vegas, and this dates back to 1970, December 30th. So, Sonny Liston was famous because he de- defeated Floyd Patterson, who is a name I think I've heard. Yeah, for the title, Floyd. Floyd. Floyd's are boxers, right? <laughs> yeah, sure. For the title of heavyweight boxing champion of the world, and that was back in September of 1962. Heavyweight boxing champion of the world. Yeah, is that like really the world, or is it just what we call it in America? Is that like the World Series where it's just American baseball? That's always bothered me. I'm wondering. Yeah, I don't know the answer to that. I'm, I I'm literally I think asking. I think this is the top of the boxing thing. Though. Okay. I think that's sure. like the best you can do. It sounds like it. In terms of boxing things. Did I look that up? No. Um, what was I distracted by this entire thing? So this is someone who professionally got hit in the face. Look how nice Sonny's teeth are. Oh my God. I didn't even notice that. They're perfect. He had beautiful teeth. <laughs> His whole face is just very nice. Yeah, actually, I mean, he's it's very a, symmetrical. He's a man. It does not look like he gets hit in the face for a living. No, but I was just like, how are his teeth so damn good? Because every other person they talked to that like knew Sonny and they brought in to say like, oh, he was actually a really nice guy, had like one tooth. <laughs> like yeah. every like boxing coach or whatever. I, this is one of those things I don't realize about me that Mac has pointed out that I'll be like watching TV and I'll be like, oh, so-and-so does not have good teeth. And I'm not even aware that I'm like saying that out loud. So I don't know why that's something that I pay attention to. But I was just like, damn, Sonny. You yeah, a nice wow. set of teeth. It really is. Anyway, so not the point of anything. <laughs> no, not really. But that was my favorite part. Okay, well. Okay, so he won that championship. Nine years later, Sony's wife, Geraldine, who they talked to and is pretty amazing, returned home from a trip to find her husband dead. Uh, they lived in Las Vegas, and he had apparently died of a drug overdose. What's weird about that is that Sonny didn't do drugs. Supposedly. But also is terrified of needles. That was the part that got me. So this is supposedly a heroin overdose. And his wife was like, look, did Sonny drink a lot? Yeah, he sure did. But he didn't do drugs. Right. And she was like, and I know a dope fiend when I see one, which I just really appreciate. <laughs> but, okay, so you'd be like, yeah, all right, maybe you don't know all the stuff your husband's into. He's a, f- a famous boxer. Yeah, sure. I'm sure people offer him drugs all the time, right? He has access to that if he wants it. 
But we learned from people who knew Sonny that he didn't even like going to the doctor. Because he was afraid of needles. Because he was so afraid of needles. Is someone like that going to shoot up heroin? I don't think so. Probably not, because you can do drugs other ways. Right. (laughs) You don't need to have needles if you don't want to. Yeah. So that actually would make you pretty suspicious. They do some background on Sonny. He was one of 25 children. Yeah. That's a lot of children. Think about that for a second. Uh, Who was frequently abused by his father, who was a sharecropper. When he was 12, 12. He left. We're talking about some badass 12-year-olds today. <laughs> yeah, seriously. When he was 12, he left Arkansas and traveled to St. Louis uh, by bus. And for a while, he was in prison. I mean, he had a rough He rough started life. out on his life at 12, right? So he was doing what he needed to survive. He was in prison for several years for theft and robbery. Um, but while he was in prison, he began to practice boxing. And he became very good, obviously. So in 1953, he was released from prison and he became a professional boxer. He won 32 of his first 33 bouts. I mean, seems should like- have been 33, <laughs> but otherwise pretty good. Sounds good to me. Uh, by 1962, he was ready to compete for the heavyweight title. Um, and he was champion for 19 months until he was beat by Cassius Clay, later known as Muhammad Ali. And I might know. Yeah, I know that one. Yeah, exactly. The boxer so famous that even we know who that is. <laughs> so by February 1964, yeah, that's when Ali beat him. And then um, Sony stayed in Las Vegas and was drinking heavily. He was kind of like sad about losing his title, blah, blah, blah. Um, after Ali was stripped of his title in 67 because he refused to be drafted, Sony was like, oh, maybe it's time for me to start boxing again and like get back into it. Um, and regain that, you know, height of his boxing career. So he is practicing, and he's about to start his, like, big fight, whatever. I don't know. The big fight, the heavyweight, the, you know, whatever, the whatever. The thing that Rocky was preparing for. Oh, sure. Where he had to catch that chicken. Okay, yeah. I, I know exactly what that is. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's, it's a fight. Yeah, it's a fight. So, um, when he was supposedly approached by a couple gamblers who were betting on him to lose. And the one thing that I know about boxing is that it's an extremely corrupt sport. (laughs) Yes, even Robert Stack said that. Yeah, so... (laughs) I mean, okay. So, he had been approached by some people who wanted him to lose and then turns up dead. Seems suspicious. Yes. So, when the police arrive at the scene, they find three small bags of heroin literally just sitting out on the kitchen counter. Where else would you keep your heroin? I mean, I guess. They found a small amount of marijuana in his pocket, which they acted like was also scandalous. I'm guessing that was his. (laughs) Probably was. That part I buy. Who the fuck cares? Um, And a syringe was found by his body. The autopsy discovered a needle mark on his right arm, and the official report stated that he died of cardiac arrest after injecting himself with heroin. However, there was a very small amount of heroin in his body. Right. Not enough to have killed him according to the coroner and also only a month previously Sonny had been injured in a car accident and had received IV treatment at the hospital so the theory would be that that puncture wound is actually old yes and not from the heroin though I okay we'll get a back to a month that. though I mean you would we'll, think it would have healed by then we'll get back to that okay um so then we hear from his housekeeper and several other people to talk about how much he hated needles got it 
So one theory of his death is that he was given what Robert Stack called a drugged drink. <laughs> or no, a drink drug or something. He phrased it really weird. Anyway, that he was drugged and then taken home and given a fatal injection. But there wasn't enough heroin in his body for it to be a fatal injection. So I don't understand this theory. Yeah. Yeah. I don't get it. That's flawed. Yeah. It makes no, either way, it makes no sense. Um, And they believed that he was killed because he refused to take a dive in a bout with Chuck Webner two days before the fight play- took place. Um, Others believe he was killed because he was involved in a business deal gone wrong. To this day, his death is shrouded in mystery. So this is not solved. The official thing is it was, okay, this is from Unsolved Mysteries Wiki. Like everything is. Of course. This podcast could barely exist without it. So what they say is, Unsolved. In 1982, an informant named Erwin Peters told the Las Vegas police that Sony Liston was murdered by a former police officer named Larry Gandy. Gandy was hired by Ash Resnick, a bookie who had money troubles with Sonny. It is suspected that Resnick was one of the gamblers that Sonny met with before his death. Investigators, however, found no evidence to support this theory, and Iwan Peters died suspiciously in 87. In 2014, a journalist named Sean Aschel began writing a book about Sonny's death titled The Murder of Sonny Liston. He interviewed Gandhi, who denied killing Sonny. However, Gandhi claimed the killer was a dealer named Earl Cage. Cage, however, died in 2000 and was never questioned in the case. Some investigators now believe Sonny's death was homicide. However, it remains unsolved. Okay. We'll probably never know. I guess not. I kind of buy that it's not his heroine. Yeah. Because there's, like, none in his body. Yeah, and he was afraid of needles. But then what is the actual cause of death? He just had a heart attack? Uh, that's the thing. It, I mean, it seems like... The only I, thing I could think of is that he did drink. So yeah. if it was heroin mixed with alcohol, that's not what they said, but... I don't think the IV thing... I, I don't think they're confusing a puncture mark from a month earlier. A month-old IV? I, yeah. I think what it seems like is someone put a tiny bit of heroin into his body and we're like they won't look into this how they actually killed him that's the part i don't get yeah because everyone in here is claiming that it couldn't be an overdose because there wasn't enough heroin in his body but but he was was murdered (laughs) with heroin right that doesn't make any sense so i don't i don't know the only thing i can think of like i said is maybe if he had been drinking and somehow the heroin got in him whether it was him or someone else that the combination was enough to induce cardiac arrest. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. But... I kind of wonder if this was not the best autopsy because they thought they already knew how he died. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it seems like they showed up. There was a needle. There was heroin. And they're like, oh, overdose. Like, okay, and the coroner like, kind of looked it over and was like... Yeah. Yeah, sure. Here's a puncture mark. It's an overdose. Right. Even though there's not enough heroin. Yeah. It is suspicious. I can understand why people think that he's murdered i just don't really understand how yeah given the information we have it doesn't it's not clear i love the reenactment of his wife coming home where she's got like all these shopping bags she's got like a giant hat box because it's the past and women always had hat boxes of course and then like is coming in to find his body it's just i don't know it was a great reenactment yeah it's really good mostly i thought about his teeth and (laughs) Oh, there's also the most, this episode, not a great episode, but if you love classic cars, Ooh, yeah. this is the episode of Unsolved Mysteries for you. In this segment, we get this hilarious reenactment of Sonny fishing, 
But he's parked the most beautiful white convertible I've ever seen right next to the pond. Yeah. Like you do. You know. That's what you you drive your beautiful, luxurious (laughs) vehicle just to a pond to go fish. The if if you had a classic car, it would be the car in our next segment as well. Yeah. No, there's beautiful cars in this episode. I don't know anything about cars, no. but I like looking at a classic car. Sure. So, yes. We don't know anything about boxing. We don't know anything about uh, cars. No. Here we are. No. Here we are. I don't know anything about any of these things. Um. Oh, yeah. The phrase that I was trying to think of was Robert Stack said, slipped a drug drink. <laughs> I didn't even catch that. What does that even mean, Robert Stack? It's a, it, that he was, dr- yeah, a drug drink. That's not a thing. But anyway. Can I get a drug drink, please? His wife would like us to remember that he was a good husband and a good man. And yeah. Then we go to a totally unnecessary Locust Grove update about sad, abused children. And then we get another, a new segment about sad, abused children. So here we go. This is how sad this is, folks. I honestly cried. Yep. This is the second time I've seen this one. Yes. honestly. (laughs) And it's so terrible. We got... Like, at the beginning of each episode, they tell you what's going to be in the episode, and it was out of order. So I was like, oh, Liz is going to get this one. Yay. And then it comes, <laughs> and then the boxing happens, <laughs> and then all of a sudden it said Lost Loves, and I was like, no, I didn't want to do this one. This one's terrible. I don't know that we always talk about trigger warnings on this show, which are a real thing. Don't fucking email me telling me that's a bunch of bullshit. No. Strong if, trigger warning on this if one. If you have any history with abuse... I'm going to say you're not going to want to watch this segment. No. Because there are, while there aren't shots of it actually happening, the reenactment shots are terrifying. Yeah. And yep. I can see how I they would be it. very You also upsetting. get a firsthand account of from this this woman who it's was abused, and it's extremely so, heartbreaking. So fucking And I sad. would not recommend it if you find that topic to be difficult. I don't really actually recommend it to anyone, but especially yeah, if you might be triggered. Something to be aware of. By stories of abuse. So here we go. It's a lost love. Whew. This is the story of Sharon Stevens. Her mother died when she was an infant, and she was frequently abused by her father when she was a child. In 1959, so I didn't really take many notes about the abuse. Oh, I don't I really want to talk about it because much. I was crying. But it's it's the gist of it is that you get it's framed the crying worst again. story ever, it's and I'm just gonna I'm quickly gonna throw it out there. Oh she got her dad a a belt with a very beautiful buckle for Christmas, and then he proceeded for the rest of her life to beat her with the belt every chance he got. So and he was always drunk, and so it was always. Yeah. It was happening all the time. It's <laughs> the horrible. The segment opens with like her giving her dad a Christmas present and being nervous if he's going to like it. And then he's like, oh, it's so big and beautiful and blah, blah, blah. And then it's just him beating her with that same belt buckle. And it's yeah. terrible. It's awful. It's so it's terrible. The it's the absolute worst. I really, <gasps> really hate it. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's so bad. In 1959, she was able to escape the abusive home. She was placed in a foster home, but according to Robert Stack, was angry and rebellious. Gee, I wonder why. She fought regularly with her foster parents. Uh, The only thing I wrote down was that foster dad's outfit is something. Yeah, it was really awful. Those were the vertical pea green and mustard yellow stripes. (laughs) Whoa, boy. The thing is, I don't know how accurate these reenactments are, but her being, like, rebellious was being like, "Mm, I don't want to go to bed. Yeah. And then her foster parents being like, oh, you will! You, like, (laughs) 
she was just like it was just like a normal, normal kid, thing. kid shit it's not like she's waking them up in the the, the night to show them that she's brandishing a knife or something <laughs> it was just her being like eh, i don't really want to go to bed and they'll be like in this house you'll obey these rules you do get present day sharon saying that she was out of control and like you know blah 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 so i maybe but she maybe. wasn't very old i don't know is she wasn't a teenager either this was like i don't, I don't know little girl how old she was but she was pretty young so yeah i don't know i don't know anyway how so, rebellious could she possibly be i don't know so one day she came home from school to find her social worker waiting for her this is where we get the classic car yeah, that i beautiful. think liz would drive around it's, it's this, so like, nice turquoise I don't even know what it was, it's, but yeah, it's it was, got those big fins on it. I just it was love beautiful, it. and the social worker in those pumps with her pencil skirt. I was, was like, like, get a girl. But then she's also like, tisk tisk tisk, new home for you. I know that was that part was bad, but <laughs> <laughs> by the car, for the car, man, oh man. So she also the abusive asshole dad drove a great car, and I hope that yeah. that was not true. I hope that was just in the reenactment. I hope he actually had the worst piece of shit ever. Oh, I think he, yeah, everything about that guy was a piece. of That shit, was just so. like the classic car they could borrow. No one keeps around like a horrible that was jalopy. like one of robert stack's extra cars oh my god so, maybe <gasps> well i'm sure he has 80 rolls races or whatever no that's that's rush that's rush nishi <laughs> what was robert stack didn't he have make some quip about how many cars someone had i don't remember oh yeah no it was like a treasure was the size of two oh rolls yeah races. two rolls races that's and i was right. like that's not a unit of measurement robert stack <laughs> for robert stack it is maybe he had two I, he for sure he had at least two his untouchables money yeah, exactly. So Sharon had been kicked out of the foster home and was taken in by a new foster family. Her new foster parents were Bill and Cynthia Zelinsky, 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 Zelinsky of Gardenia, California. Gardenia, California. And these people are heroes. They're really amazing. If I ever salute the flag in my life again, which I never will, I will actually be saluting the Zelinskys. American heroes. They really are i want to like i just wanted to go through my tv and like give them a hug so at first sharon robert stack says cynical and tough and felt that she was only a pawn in the system that didn't care which well, was kind of was true, true. Was so she's true. aware of reality yes but she soon realized that the Zelinskis were different they talked to her and showed her that they cared about her yeah so huh. yeah imagine that they showed her i don't know decency and human kindness and uh, that was... It's a novel thing. Yeah. Never happened before. Well, it seems like it had a, It was life-changing. No, for it was terrible. <laughs> Every day when she came home from school for lunch, she was tutored by Cynthia, who helped her go from being an F student to an A student. Sharon's and it's the cutest little reenactment where she has, like, pigtails, and she's eating her sandwich, and Mrs. Zelinsky is showing her the flashcard and being like, no, encouraging that's, no, that's and- right. And she's like, what? Because I'm sure just no one ever took the effort, ever, no, I don't to help so. her. So Sharon describes them as incredibly patient. She says that instead of throwing up their hands and saying, forget it, she's a lost cause, they knew that she was young enough to change. So the... (laughs) (laughs) I know, it's awful. (laughs) The Zelinskis also urged Sharon to pursue her childhood dream of learning ballet. They even bought her a dance bar, which Bill put together for her, and then Cynthia, like, put on ballet slippers and practiced with her. It was so (laughs) fucking cute. It's the best reenactment ever. Oh my god, it was so cute. And then they got her this big teddy bear, and they were like, or this doll. And they're like, you can dance with She's this like, doll. If no one's around to dance with you, you can dance with this doll. Oh my god, I'm going to cry And you can tell right her now. your secret. I am, I am crying. Oh my god. 
<laughs> it's so sad. Oh, I know. So Sharon finally felt happy living with the Zelenskys until a year later when she found out that her father had remarried and that she had to return to him. Because, I don't know, there's a woman involved now, so I guess he's He somehow a got parent. custody again, which is just it's bullshit. So, back at his house, the only comfort she had was the doll that the Zelenskys had given her. And they show her, like, curled up in the corner, just, like, <laughs> hugging the doll all by herself, and it's so terrible! Oh, God, it's gonna get so much worse. Okay, a few weeks later, she returned home late from a friend's house to find her brother waiting on the front step. He told her that their father was going to beat her. She immediately went to a phone booth and called the Zelenskys, who sent a cab to pick her up. Because the Zelenskys <sighs> are the best. Yeah. Yeah, so she ran away. Um, a few hours later, her father showed up at the Zelensky's home. The Zelensky's assured her that her father was not going to hurt her. I guess he had been pretty convincing, and Sharon reluctantly left with him. Also, there's nothing the Zelensky's can do no. because they don't have custody of her. Yeah, they can't. The court has keep ordered her. that it would be kidnapping if she yeah. was keeping her <laughs> yeah. away from her father. Sadly, the court has ordered that. She has to go back with her dad, and there's nothing they can do about it. I'm sure as a kid, she was like, what the fuck? It like, did seem like she felt a little betrayed, but the it wasn't their fault. And I'm I sure know. they would have... It would have been different if they could have done something about it. So, of course, Sharon knew that she would be beaten. So she put on several layers of clothes, and then, yeah, her father savagely beat her. Cutting through the layers of clothes. Including striking her across the face. Yeah. Which is terrible, but did mean that when she went back to school in a few days... They turned him in. Yeah, he was arrested for child abuse. Finally. School officials called the police because they saw the signs of abuse on Sharon. Her father was arrested, and she was sent to several other foster homes. She was never again placed in the Zelinsky's home and never saw them again. I don't understand. I'm assuming that someone else got placed there. I guess. So... And... I mean, the system is overburdened and underfunded. It's it's hard, you know, and you don't know exactly what happened, why she wasn't ever able to go to the Zelenskys again, but it's heartbreaking because it's she really... could have gone back with them and had a wonderful rest of her childhood because she went on to have two children when she was a teenager, and tragically, her second child was killed by an abusive relative. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's horror. This is the worst. It's terrible. So we're almost done. Can you done. imagine? Your abusive relative kills your kid? What? Yeah. She had a horrible life. Oh, my God. It's awful. And abuse is cyclical. So you can just kind of see it played out in the story. Mm. Fortunately, in 1974, Sharon met her husband, Dean, and things started to get better. They have a six-year-old son and live near uh, Sharon's married daughter. She believes that she would be living a much worse life if it hadn't been for the Zelenskys. Now she wants to find them and thank them for all of the compassion they gave her. So, the happy part of the story is that it's solved. The night of the broadcast, the Zelenskys saw themselves on it. They were overjoyed to learn that Sharon was looking for them and contacted the telecenter. On November 25th, 1989, she traveled to their house in Laguna Nigel, California, and was joyfully reunited with them. She credits them for the person she has become. I will say this about this segment. A lot of the reunions we see on the show in the Lost Love segments are awkward. As you can imagine, you're meeting this person that you don't really know anymore, and there's a camera in your face. This one was the opposite of that. It was so warm. It was like she had never left their lives. 
And partially, I think it's because the Zelenskys are just the warmest, kindest, sweetest people no, ever. They're so nice. That, like, I'm sure anyone they meet just feels at home with them. So you just got to see this, like, beautiful reunion of them hugging each other and looking at old photo albums. And some guy takes their photo. I'm sure it's the producer or someone. It was... So fucking sweet. She had been looking for them for 17 years. Yeah. And said that this was like her main goal in life was to find Find them them. and thank them. It's amazing. So. They also looked super like they were living a great life. They both looked really spry. So I hope they went on to stay in touch and I hope they got to meet her children. And I just have this whole like picture in my mind of them living happily ever after (laughs) as like this family. I hope that's what happened. I don't know. But I never want to talk about this one again. This it's, is like the orphan train. We're going to put this on the shelf with the orphan train of mysteries we'd never talk about again. It's so sad. I hate this one. I hate it so yeah. much. I mean, I'm happy it was, you know, it had a good ending. Unsolved Mysteries did a good deed. Unsolved Mysteries came through and reunited them. She'd been them. looking for them for a long time. and It was just, cool that they were watching the broadcast and they saw themselves on it. That was really nice. How great would that be to see a segment of television about how you're the best purple ever? <laughs> Yeah, it would be awesome. You're just like, you know, you got your popcorn or whatever. You're settling into the couch. You have to watch a boring boxing mystery. And then you go, oh, this is about how I'm the best person in the world. All the phone calls you would get, allow me to call in and say, (laughs) oh, yeah, that's me. Those true American heroes you were talking about. That's us. My fiance Travis was just on the the six o'clock news this week. Oh, because a uh, guy uh, who's a manager at his work had been there for or has been there for sixty eight years, and he's finally retiring. So they did a little like Whoa. a piece about him on the news, and uh, Travis was in it. And I swear to God, everyone we know called us because <laughs> they were saw you on the news. <laughs> it was so funny. That's pretty adorable. It it, it was really cute. So. I'm going to encourage anyone who has the means to consider foster care. Like, they need more good people. They do. I'm sure they, you know, this podcast is so popular and I'm so famous. So You're going to influence so many people. I'm sure I'm influencing so many people, but I just feel like I got to say that because... If you have the means to do it and you feel like you could open your home and heart to a child... Consider being one of those Lewinsky's because, man, oh, man. Think of the 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 effect you could have on someone's life. Yeah. Just by being a decent human being to a child is, oh, my God, incredible. And I hope that our system has improved enough that... They aren't returning. Oh my god! I don't. Who know. knows? It probably hasn't. <laughs> I'm <But>. seriously crying. <laughs> it's so so terrible, Ugh. and I'm glad that she found them, and I'm glad that she managed to turn her awful life around. Yeah, because man, I'm not cut out for that no, at all. Me either. God. Okay, we have one more mystery to talk if about. My child is killed by abusive relatives. I become Batman. Like, <laughs> the next day, I'm a vigilante. <laughs> Not even Batman. The Punisher. I don't know. Yeah. One of the people who kills people. Yeah. <laughs> like, I... There's no hope for me after that. I can't imagine. <sighs> All right, we got another relatively sad this one to talk also about. very sad. This is the case of Elizabeth Campbell, who went missing. It's also really sad. It's really sad. Um, and at least these are parents that love their daughter, but... Oh, yeah, she fucking went missing. Yeah. 
And has okay. never been seen He's again. never been seen again. So Elizabeth Campbell was a 20-year-old college student. Actually, I don't think that's right on Solid Mysteries Wiki. I think she was a go- about to go to Texas A&M and was excited about it. I don't think that she had enrolled, but... Yeah, something like that. Something like that. It doesn't really matter. Anyway... Um, on the night of April 25th, 1988, around 10 p.m., she got in a fight with her boyfriend and stormed out of the house. But According th- to him. Yeah. Yeah. Also, this guy is suspect, I'm yeah. going to say. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So she has a fight with her boyfriend. She storms out of the house, but then 45 minutes later, calls him from a payphone at a convenience store and asks for a ride. Does this sound ridiculous? I totally once did this with a fight with my mom as a teenager. Where- but this is... Okay, here's the thing. He says that he woke up in the middle of the night... She was calling him, and it's he was 10 like, "PM." He was like, "Oh, surprised that she had left," and he was like, "I, we got into a little argument about why she had left my house without my permission." Yeah, he was like, "I don't know why she would just." This is him knowing she's missing, talking to unsolved mysteries, saying like, "I was peeved. I didn't understand why she had left." Blah blah blah. Like that's kind of beside the point at this point. You don't want to make yourself look a little better, there, champ. Yeah, like he does not do himself any favors. Um, also, he was asleep at 10 p.m. He goes to bed when you go to bed. <laughs> I, go to bed. I go to bed ridiculously early. Uh, I mean, maybe. Normal people do not go to bed that he's early. He's like woken up at like, what? Unless you're, unless you're a three-year-old, you do not have my bedtime. <laughs> I don't believe this guy at all. Okay. So she calls from a payphone. I once totally, I once totally did this. I got into a fight with my mom and I like stormed off and then I was wearing like really inappropriate shoes for storming off that like <laughs> literally like I caught off the backs of my heels and were filling with blood and I ended up calling my mom from a payphone and like made her come get me even though I had stormed off anyway little little <laughs> look into my teenage life um I'm still like so sad <laughs> I don't even want to talk about this so he's like not helpful on the phone no. when he calls because this guy seems like a dick yeah at the and, very least at the very least and he was like whoa why why'd you leave then but and she's like uh whatever and i'm alone in the middle of nowhere yeah and um she was like fine i'll call some i'll call my parents however she never called them and was not heard from again but is that really what she said in that phone call we don't know who knows because we only have his word for it no and unsolved mysteries presents this like it's what actually happened and maybe it was but i don't when we she, have one person's word for it, and it's her boyfriend. Her boyfriend, who... Admits that he was the last one to see her alive. And was so, acting like a dick. And admits that they were fighting the last time he saw her alive. I don't know. It just seems like maybe they should be looking into him a little harder. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Instead of going down this crazy theory yeah. they have, which is quite racist, and yeah. doesn't seem plausible at all. Samantha, we're not there yet. Okay, fine. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm still like... <laughs> I know. I'm worked up from that last one. I'm hot. Is like, I'm sweating. I'm just mad about missing children. I don't know. Yeah, it's been a long week. And the world is a terrible place. And this is a terrible nation. And let's talk about Elizabeth Campbell. (laughs) (laughs) So many people are like, unsubscribe. Yeah, sorry, folks. I can't help it. That's just how I feel. Um, She's never heard from again. Uh, when she fails to turn up, her family and friends start looking for her, and her parents were clearly very dedicated. Yes. They distributed... It didn't seem like they were getting a ton of help from the police, I think because she was 20 years old. Yeah, I'm sure they were like, she just ran away. Yeah. Okay. Um, so they, on their own, distribute thousands of flyers throughout Texas. Um, 
the police and at one point they're like look the thing is she's probably dead okay Okay. so we stop investigating you maybe want to find her body figure it out who killed her do your goddamn job oh my god anyway but her loved ones were hoping that she was still alive because there's actually no evidence that she's dead, right? There's no evidence of anything. She just had a fight with her boyfriend. She yeah. just disappeared. So six days after she vanished, a girl matching her description was spotted by a Waco convenience store worker named Roger. He saw her pull up to pump gas and saw a man pull her into the store holding her forcibly by her arm. He gave Roger $20, and then when she looked at him, she was told like not allowed to speak. So basically, she's with this super controlling dude, supposedly. Um, and a few days later, the mom came into the store with the flyer, and he was like, "Oh yes, I've seen this girl. She was this this guy. She didn't seem like she was allowed to talk to me. It was like this weird controlling situation." Blah blah blah. And then the, a few days later, at a different store, um, another worker who was like giving them ice cream claimed to have seen the same man, and she tells a very similar story that. She was held by his arm, and at some point she was like, oh, you look sad today, and she was, like, clearly not supposed to speak, and... And then we also get a customer at a gas station that claims she bumped into her while she was leaving. So, the theory this is pointing forward is that she has been sex trafficked, and that this man is her pimp, and, you know, keep extrapolating from that. Elizabeth Campbell is Asian-American. Yes. She has a Korean mother. Yes. No offense to these witnesses. I do not trust white people to identify Asian people from a photograph. No. And they claim that the man she was with was also of Asian descent. Yeah. And there's just this whole undercurrent of like... Her being subservient. Yes. That's what I want to say. Yes. And it just feels extremely racist. And maybe not like overtly or intentionally because i think these people did have good intentions but i think they saw an asian person yes i don't think they saw elizabeth campbell no i don't trust them to identify elizabeth campbell no i'm basing that on growing up in a racist town and having a bunch of asian friends (laughs) i don't know i don't fucking trust i don't i don't and eyewitnesses are suspect anyway and then this i don't know i don't believe any of them i really don't and then they bring in this like sex trafficking expert who's like got all these opinions about how if she's if she back talks her pimp she's gonna be put in a closet. I don't know. It's fucking bizarre, and I think this is crazy. And I think there are some obvious things they could be looking into, probably, that this is so nuts. I don't know. Yeah, because they have this. They're like, well, this woman who claims to be this like sex trafficking expert is like, well, there's no way they're letting her walk the streets, so they just send her out to see to see Johns or whatever. And then when they come back, when she comes back, she's like hidden away. There's no evidence of that. What you have is it's I don't know. Also, I'm no expert on sex trafficking, but she does not seem like the target. When someone is kidnapped and put into sex trafficking, it's usually someone vulnerable. It she's. Uh, she's got two she's parents a, that are actively looking for she's her. She's a grown woman who's about to go off to college. Like, she is not the target, typically, that sex traffickers and pimps are going to snatch off the street. I think, particularly at the moment, there's a lot of panic about sex trafficking and people sort of assuming that no one enters sex work of their own free will, which is not true. Not true. Um, and if you do, you're usually... A teenage runaway. I don't someone who doesn't have a home to, to go back to. This, Why she wouldn't does not she fit call the profile? Her parents. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't make any sense. 
And I'm not saying that there's one profile of person that's always going to be the one who gets forced into sex trafficking, but she just does not strike there's me. There's actually no evidence of this. And is the thing. Yeah, that's the other thing. There's just these three witnesses. And I... And why? <laughs> I'm just shaking my head. I... Why aren't we asking the boyfriend more questions? Yeah. He's the last person who we know saw her because yeah. he knows who she is. And he admits to it. Yeah. So he's the certainly the last person who talked to her. So, hello? I don't know. This whole thing is really stupid. And is there any... There's no update, is there? No. But, okay. Also, this case is not well investigated. People... On one hand, are like, look, here's the thing. She's probably dead. And on the other hand, going, well, look, she's been sex trafficked. They don't... What? So, in either case, we're not looking for her. If you want some more evidence that this was not well investigated, four years after she vanished, her purse was found in an evidence room of the Crockett County Sheriff's Office, 300 miles west of Copra's Cove, where she disappeared. Authorities believe it was turned in shortly after she vanished, but they have no record of it. (sighs) <sighs> they hope someone will remember turning it in and have new information about the case. Oh, my God. To this day, the case remains unsolved. If she is alive, she would be 50 years old. Her parents are now elderly in poor health, but they hope for some resolution in the case. Oh, my God. One of the convenience store witnesses has passed away. All right. Well, I don't think they really cared about finding Elizabeth. I don't think so at all. I think her parents cared, and they did everything that they could, and I'm sorry that there was no resolution for them. Yeah. And life is terrible. Life is Everything terrible. Sucks. I give up. <laughs> I don't even know. I is would, that the thesis of this episode? I would love uh, to get some resolution on this case, but it that seems so unlikely because yeah. there's not even a bot. There's nothing. There's, there's nothing. I nothing. I don't believe that Elizabeth Campbell has been sex trafficked into her fifties and has made no effort to contact her parents that she clearly loved very much. Yeah, that she didn't have any problem with. Yeah. She's never let anyone know in all this time? Yeah, that's not what happened. I mean, it was a it's a slightly more realistic theory back in the 80s where she had recently vanished. At this point, she's 50 years old. Yeah. Yeah, that's not what happened. Yeah. Anyway. Should we rate this episode? Yeah. Mysteriousness. Oh, my God. Oh my None God. of these were terribly mysterious. I don't... The last one is mysterious, except that you... You know, allegedly, think you allegedly know the alleged <laughs> resolution. And what happened okay. to Sunny? Actually, yep. I think this is pretty mysterious. Okay, the first ones, I'll get, okay, fine. They're a little mysterious. Not thumbs, yours. Not yours no, at all. Mine was terrible. Uh, okay, thumbs up for mysteriousness. Uh, the reenactments? Okay, the reenactments from yours are so heartbreaking, they're going to haunt me for the rest of my days. Is that good? I guess. I, I guess. Yeah, I, uh, sideways. I, I don't even I'm know how to feel. A thumb sideways. I don't know what Just, to even do. I, actually, you know I what? Like the, I give the reenactments the middle finger. I don't give it a thumb. I like that um, they used Elizabeth's parents for the reenactment yeah, in the last one. But that's been so hard That makes them. it sadder. So, yeah, I agree. Middle oh, finger. Middle finger, but extra bonus point for all the cool cars. Sure. Fashion. Nothing really stood out. Yeah, you gotta see some terrible fashion from those foster parents. Oh, yeah. You do get some like vintagey looks, uh, whatever. Did we have an MBM? There weren't a lot of mustaches. Oh, you know what? Sonny. Oh, okay. He had a nice mustache and that smile. Yeah. Really, we're gonna give it to Sonny mostly for the teeth, Mm -hmm. but he did have a mustache, so there you go. It's it's pretty thin. It's it's 
not quite a John Waters mustache, but you know, it's like the little. It was nice. It was well yeah. groomed. It fits his face. Yeah. Uh, Robert Stack. What was he even doing or wearing in this episode? Do I have any? I tried to like that? not even watch this. One. The thing is, there's just a point where I clearly like started crying, and <laughs> I just wrote down the Zelenskys are really heroes. This birthday party is so cute. Oh, we didn't even talk about the birthday party when they brought her to that birthday party and got her a dress. And she got to give a present to another little girl. And her present was clearly the best. Clearly something that had never happened. Like, one of the highlights of her life was giving a present to someone else. Yeah. And it was the best present at the party. And hers was, oh my God, I'm going to cry. Okay, let's, we're not okay. talking about it anymore. No. Um, okay. Do I have anything in here about Robert Sack? No. So clearly his outfits weren't that good. It Who cares? Fine. Um, do you... Oh, he was wearing a really nice charcoal gray suit at the beginning. Oh, yeah. Okay, I remember fine. that part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was good. Um, anyway, what do we rate this episode? About? I don't... I really dislike it. It gets five tiers. <laughs> For and sure. it gets 0. 0.5 Robert Stacks from me. <laughs> Whoa. I I'd give it maybe one. I don't know. It was. It's hard to watch. So that's the thing. Is like it's good, but also maybe don't watch it. I sometimes rate these in my head the way I rate books, which is like if I want to, re- if I'd read it again, I would give it like five out yeah, of five stars. Yeah. If I would watch this again, it would get five out of five stars. But I literally want to forget that I ever watched it, which means right. I want to give it like at least one. I'm maybe gonna give fewer it than a one. Who? Okay, what, what bumps it to a two for you? I think it is actually kind of well done. I don't like that we get the stupid Locust Grove update. Yeah. And... We did not need that. The boxing mystery is just kind of boring to me because they talk about boxing a lot. I think the way they tell the, your horrible mystery is actually well done. It's just like the worst fucking thing I've ever okay. seen. Yeah, my, I mean? my judgment is clouded by how sad I was after yeah. watching it. And I actually, I don't really think they did a good job with Elizabeth Campbell's mystery. I don't think they knew this purse thing yet. But no, I, that's true. But I do think it was a sloppy investigation and I just don't really buy the sex trafficking thing. Maybe I'm wrong, but... I don't think you are. I feel like... <laughs> I I feel like I've said so many things in this episode that I'm going to regret. (laughs) But that my thesis of this is like, I don't trust these white people. But is that ever a bad stance? No, of course not. No, not really. No, that is a fine stance to take. Where it's like, I'm sure they meant well, but I don't really think that was Elizabeth. I don't know who that was. No. And she was never, like, seen again, so... Yeah, so that doesn't really... It's not what so I don't think that segment was very well handled. No, I don't think so. So, and I don't really want to watch this again. So I guess I'm going to give it a two. I don't. Okay. I give it five out of five tiers. That's, oh, that's good. Yes, same. <laughs> I give it the maximum number of tiers. <laughs> All right, that one rubbed my eye. Ugh. Do you well, want to tell your recommendation? Is it something happy? No, it's something frivolous at least. Oh, okay. I, let's hear. Let's hear it. But it's something so stupid. That I almost can't bring myself to recommend. And also, <laughs> it's like corporate, so I feel like I really should be getting paid. But, I mean, you know what? Nothing matters. No. The world is ending. Yeah. Just, <laughs> we're in the apocalypse, this and there are it. no rules left. So, I'm going to recommend the new collection of makeup from Wet n Wild. Oh, I've got one of their eyeshadow quads right here. This might come as a surprise because you go, Liz, isn't that the cheapest, shittiest makeup that I would shoplift? It is the cheapest makeup. 
Yeah. You would shoplift it? Certainly in your youth, right? Yeah, yeah. That's no. I didn't finish that sentence. Okay. I feel like it's the, the makeup that always got shoplifted, despite being the cheapest makeup. Uh, that's true. So it's like seen as like so disposable. But the thing is, everyone, when Wild is suddenly great. It's like the best makeup ever. It's the best value, and it's and so it's good. And it still costs like $3. So Yeah. I'm holding Flock Party, which is an eyeshadow quad that Liz gave me after I was admiring her eyeshadow look for her, during the Trixie uh, event. I've gotten so many compliments on my eye makeup wearing this. That's why I'm recommending it. This is it's like a $3, probably. People, yes, it is literally $3. That's why I bought you one. <laughs> <laughs> because people keep complimenting it, and then I go, it's actually wet and wild, and people are like, what? This maroon shade that I'm looking at right now looks so it is beautiful. some of the best eyeshadow I've ever used in my life. It applies beautifully. It is not powdery. It is not telky. It, is, it goes on creamy and beautiful and lovely, and all those words beauty gurus use that I can't think of right now. And this, like, matte shade in here, like, it's hard to find a good matte eyeshadow from the drugstore, and this one looks perfect. It's, it's perfect. It looks perfect. Now, am I a pale bitch? Yes, I am. So, maybe it's not perfect for everybody, but if you're also pale, give it a go. They do have some other quads, too, with different colors. I think this gold would look really good in deeper skin tones. Yeah. That's in this palette. Yeah, they're so good. They're lipsticks. Amazing. They're metallic Liquid catsuit lipsticks are honestly my favorite lipsticks, and I've tried expensive shit, and it doesn't stay on or look as good. Or it'll I, stay on, but it'll like suck the every life out of yes, your lips. Little bit of moisture terrible. out of your lips. Your lips are just suddenly the Sahara Desert. They make my favorite highlighters. Oh, they're highlight. They're blushes too. Oh my god, I could go on and on and on about their color icon blushes. <laughs> I have every one. I own every one. They have new. Baked blushes for this Flights of Fancy collection. That's their summer collection that this eyeshadow quad comes from. They are like between a blush and a highlighter. There's three shades. So uh, you get this luminous it's flush. Perfect. Oh my god. And yeah, I think it costs three dollars. I don't. It just show. The reason I'm bringing this up is not only because people keep asking me what it is, and then they say what and well, and they like don't believe me because we all know <laughs> that's the shitty makeup. Uh, also, clearly. Good makeup is a scam, and it's just, it's in better yes. packaging. Yes. And it's funny because I don't know any brands off the top of my head to mention, but I know for a fact that there are certain brands that make a high-end, like, it's, they have a high-end brand, right. and then if you look them up, they make a drugstore brand in, like, the same fucking factory. I think that is, for example, L'Oreal and Lancome. Lancome? Yeah. Okay. I think that, it's I like think... the same fucking shit. I think it is literally, in some cases, the same products in different packages. Yeah, with a different price. Yeah. So, and when Wild is cruelty-free makeup, there's... It's great. I don't understand it. And you can go to the store. You don't have to fucking buy it off Sephora, which is the best. <laughs> it costs $3. This collection right now, they have lip scrubs. There's a watermelon lip scrub that tastes like a Jolly Rancher. It's amazing. They made a... Uh, water primer spray which is a dupe for a smashbox product that costs like 30 something dollars yeah in fact you could probably spend 30 bucks and buy the entire collection i think you can i think you can get the whole box online for like 30 bucks and it's got all these different eyeshadow quads and like five lip glosses and everything yeah seriously it's so good so that is my totally weird recommendation i feel weird even saying it but one while send us some makeup even though it's basically free (laughs) One wild. Liz didn't shoplift your products. And I 
totally didn't. I went and bought them this time. (laughs) And I even bought them. I went and bought that quad again for myself because I've used it so much. I was like, I'm going to run out of this. I'm so excited to try it. And also, it's $3, so it's not really that extravagant. And every time I wear that that highlighter, people are like, ooh, what Have you tried their rainbow highlighter? No. That was like their last collection. I haven't tried it either, but I just really want to. I might have to buy one. Anyway. Great suggestion. When Wild, not shitty anymore. I don't know what they did. I don't know why it's suddenly the best makeup ever. It's great. And their nail polish, actually, is really good, too. Oh, really? Yeah. I like their their nail polish. Don't buy fucking Essie, which is 10 bucks a bottle. Yeah. Just get some Wet n' Wild. We, I feel like our recommendations half the time are just like, here's how to be cheap. <laughs> and I like that, though. Yeah. Because I feel like there's so much stuff on the internet Maybe just because I watch, like, too many makeup videos on YouTube where it's like, oh, you need to buy, like, all of this stuff. And you go, like, man, that's some serious cash. Who has that kind of money to have a beauty room or whatever, right? right? Like, I'll see someone's picture on Instagram of their shoe closet and I'll be like, oh, man, that would be so amazing. Do I need 500 shoes? No. No, no I'm sure even the person that owns those shoes wears one pair of shoes every day. Yeah, they don't. They just look at them or take pictures of them. Right, so exactly. I'm going to be the person that's like, you know what you should get? Fucking wet and well. <laughs> <laughs> because it's actually great. <laughs> yes. Yes. So I'm recommending a book, but since you mentioned that we're always telling people how to be thrifty, I want to do like a half recommendation for... Um, two things. First of all, if you don't use your library to get ebooks, yeah. you need to fucking start because it is the easiest way to read a ton of fucking books. Yeah. I finally got a new library card because I knew we were moving, so I was waited till we had an address and finally got to go get a library card at a good library system that has a good app. And I love it so much. In fact, the book I'm gonna recommend today I got from the library. Okay. You can just sit on your couch and suddenly you have a library book. It's amazing. I'm going to give an unofficial, I did not say this hint, for checking out ebooks from the library that I'm not saying. That you're not saying. Okay. Yeah. Which and is that if you, it gets to the point where you're supposed to return the book and it'll like take it off your Kindle or whatever, you just need to not connect it to the internet anymore. I never even thought of that. Because then they can't take it back. That's brilliant. That must be why I, people know this because there's been some books that I've had a hold on that I'm waiting for. <laughs> But I didn't tell you to do that, but just, like, think about it. That's genius. That's genius. And audiobooks you can get from the library. And if your library system sucks, I'm not telling you to find a friend who has a better library system and just use their number, but, you know, know. share the wealth. Yeah, hello. (laughs) It's just, it's a great way to get books. The other way that I just, and I don't know if this has been around for a while or if it's new, but every month you can get a free Kindle new release from Amazon. It's called Amazon First Reads. I think it's only available to Prime members, but you can get a free Kindle, and they have a ton of different genres each month you can choose hmm. from. That's how I got the Harold Schechter book about Belganis that I hated. Um, <laughs> I'm not recommending that book. It's terrible, and Harold Schechter is a misogynist, but anyway. Um, <laughs> that's an unrecommendation. That's an unrecommendation. If you have that in your your Amazon wish list, I'm glad, take that out right now. I'm glad I paid $0 for that book. But I got it through Amazon First Reads, which, yeah, every month you can get a new release on your Kindle for free, or you can get the hardcover for 10 bucks. So, But that's not my recommendation. Um, my recommendation is a book I just finished called Sleeping Giants by Sylvain Nouvelle. I think that's how you pronounce their name. Not 100% sure, but it's a science fiction uh, series. This is the first book in the series. And I really liked it because it's written like a dossier or like 
if you picked up a box and it was full of like old interviews and newspaper clippings and things like that, that's how like the book is laid out, which means that it reads like kind of an action movie. It's super cool. It's super good. It's about these, this like, I think a futuristic America in which America discovers these giant alien robot parts. Mm. And it turns out it's this like super weapon and like, um, they get these people, like the only people that can operate it and chaos ensues. I don't know. It's really, really good. Like I said, it reads like an action movie. There's a bunch in the series. I think there might be three out. I'm not 100% sure, but I'm going to go on and read the other ones because I really, really liked it and my library had it. I guess that I read the uh, e-book, but I guess the audiobook is a full cast audiobook. Oh, okay. So it has people that play each part. I also just finished, uh, I'm giving a bunch of recommendations today, the book World War Z about the zombie. Oh, yeah. And that's a full cast audiobook and it's really, really good. And I think Mark Hamill is in it. I'm not really sure, but it's... He does a lot of voice acting. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's one of the characters. I don't remember which one. Um, but it's super good. Those Both of those books were really good. And I actually might get the audiobook and listen to this one again, because I'd like to hear the full cast cool. version. I really like it. Um, I recommend it if you're looking for a good sci-fi pick. I feel like there should be a Samantha book club. Where people read all I would of do that. book recommendations. <laughs> that Don't sounds so weird to me, but like, sure. Like our friend of the pod, Angela, who is the forensic anthropologist, is always just like happens to be reading the same That's books the as you. Craziest thing. Like you'll recommend something, and she'll be like, "Oh, funny! I'm halfway through that right now." See, so you could have like a little book club. We could Maybe just have in a little the book Facebook club. group, you could have a little book club. I have to say, a couple episodes ago, I recommended the series "A Darker Shade of Magic." That's not what the series is called. That's the first book. I think "Shades of Magic" is the series, and I really hate the second book. So, if you picked up the first one on my recommendation, <laughs> just know that the second one might disappoint you. Oh, okay. Although I've weird. heard that the third one is really good. The thing about that book, it's weird. It's like the side characters are better than the main characters in the oh, second book. Yeah. The main characters become insufferable, and I can't stand them. And the plot has this whole like pirate thing going on that I can't get into. Plus, I don't <laughs> like the main characters. And all I want to hear about is like the male male gay relationship that's super hot and steamy. Well, yeah. And they have a couple scenes in that book, and I'm just like, could the whole book be this? Although that's really not the genre. <laughs> Your next could this recomm- just be like an erotic, like yeah. Maybe your next recommendation should be some erotica. Okay, that's not something I read, but it sounds like you need. I kind of want to know if yeah, yeah. So, so if someone has like a really solid erotica recommendation for Samantha, you know, politely send it my in. way. Yeah, sure. I'm I'm down. Why not? Why not? Life is short. <laughs> Everything is terrible. Everything sucks. We might as well. Yeah. <laughs> you know that song from the Lego movie where it's like, everything is awesome? Don't. I sing that all the time. No, I don't. But, but I sing it as everything is awful. <laughs> I won't do it right now. It's a great attitude. I feel like people, other than That's Samantha, how I feel. people know that song. I I'm think. sure they do. People who are in tune with pop culture and movies and such. <laughs> Do we have anything, or should we plug our shit? And right. you know, I think I need like a little cry break. Yeah, <laughs> I think so too. Why am I laughing? Because I don't know what else to do. No, and that's Me just either. a. Oh God. 
Me neither. I um, feel like I maybe really drove the podcast into the ground this time. You know, we did the best we could. Here's the thing. Okay, follow <laughs> us on social media. We're at Perhaps It's You. If you want to be uplifted, tomorrow we're going to be releasing an episode about Mothman. Moth we're very Man. excited to talk Moth about Man. it. He's real. Mothman. <laughs> Liz is stoked on Mothman. <laughs> Subscribe on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Perhaps It's You. And you only have to give a dollar a month and you can get awesome because bonus content. W- we're thrifty. Yeah. We know so, that we don't got a lot of money. So you if you got a dollar, you could listen to all of that shit. It's yeah. great. <laughs> Am I losing my mind yet again? I think so. It's getting yes. hotter in here. I'm, I'm seeing the temperature yes. rise as we go. Okay, oh, so it's 82 degrees in this yes, house right now. Really hot. Okay, so you can also email us if you feel so inclined to, you know. Perhaps it's you, podcast at gmail.com. We would love to get some listener stories about yeah. your ghosts, about your mothmans, about your Bigfoots, about the crimes you've solved. All about that. Send it our the way. The three sums you've had with Robert Stack. We need to hear all yeah. that shit. Yeah. Send it our way. Um, that's all we have. And do you want to send us some brewery trench coats? Because there's an address on our website and you could do that. Oh, yeah. Do you want to send us some gummy worms from Australia that are a Star Wars brand? Yeah, I think we have a... I saved, like, a couple gourmet gummy bears. Ooh, for a special occasion? Yeah, we could eat those right after this to cheer ourselves up. I like it. But the snack supply, that's all there is, guys. Our snack supply <laughs> is run dry. Can I just now say, hey, so snacks. <laughs> Don't you if you s- feel bad for us because we had to watch this horrible episode... Yeah, uh, maybe send us some snacks. Yeah, maybe send us some snacks. We have a, a Twitter and a thing and an Instagram and all that Perhaps stuff. Perhaps it's you.com. You can find us on there. Join the Facebook group, you guys. Yeah. And uh, go, take, go hang out with listener Liz. Yes. And we'll talk, to, talk you later. to you about how this episode wasn't so good. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs>